Hey, what's going on, everyone? It's uh, Glenn here from Good Movie Monday. I hope you're all doing well. <laughs> it's been a really fucking weird week at the good old Good Movie Monday headquarters. <laughs> this week has been marred by all kinds of technical issues. To be honest, it's kind of freaky too because Monday's show was dedicated to devil worship films. <laughs> and if you listened to that show, then you would have heard that we started it by playing Stairway to Heaven backwards. Now, I joked at the time that that might summon the devil, which, in actuality, it just jinxed the whole fucking week. Uh, Because unbeknownst to me, and I'm the one who puts the whole show together in post, there are entire segments and conversations that were missing from the final cut. And I have no fucking clue how that happened. But um, (laughs) it is a complete mystery, although it has to be said uh, that... I won't be drinking alcohol during a recording ever again. (laughs) So, you know, that may have played a part. Still doesn't make sense with the the way I do things. But anyway, that's not where it ends because also missing from this week's schedule is an entire 30 minutes of Up Late with Glenn and Chloe. Ah, what the fuck? Like The backstory to that one is, and this is true, uh, my house has been having all kinds of serious problems with our internet lately. All of our devices, computers, phones, TVs, they've all been playing up. It's a whole thing. We've got to call the, the provider and all that kind of stuff. So when Chloe and I recorded our Uplate video, it all seemed to go smoothly uh, until we wrapped and I started the process of going through the footage and there wasn't any. <laughs> Somehow, Zoom has switched recording modes, um, a mode, I might add, that has been preset and reliable for two years running, uh, but the whole thing was lost. So I guess without that Wednesday night up late content to present to you, that's a gap in the week that I'm able to bring you this missing stuff from Monday's podcast. Such a clusterfuck. Um, And this stuff includes a recommendation from myself, uh, a recommendation from Melissa Begg, Uh, and also an entire Bonehead Weekly segment. So, without further delay, here you go, some bonus content. Uh, (laughs) I hope you enjoy it, and um, uh, fuck you, devil. Welcome to Bonehead Weekly Fun Size. Today, we're going to be talking about James's mentor, Satan. Satan. That's right, devil worshiping films. (laughs) Joe just motorboated Satan. That's right. <laughs> Most people don't know that the super devil has got mm. some jacked up. Anyway, <laughs> moving right along. Mm, hot cross buns. Ooh. So I've never met Satan. I've met some people who I thought were Satan, but I have seen some movies where they worship Satan. You guys yeah. seen these, these movies? Oh, quite a bit. Yeah. Why yeah. do you take the time to worship Satan? I mean, this is just off the top of my head. Hey, don't worship Joe Pesci. Tell me the difference. Well, in all fairness, Joe Pesci is cooler. That's right. So, all right, I'm going to get off my Seems like he could get stuff done. All right. Mine is going to be a movie with Christopher Lee. It's from 1960. It's called Horror Hotel, which is a terrible title for this. And I'd never seen this movie until about two or three years ago. It's in black and white. Basically, it's about a young college student 
she goes to this little sleepy Massachusetts town of Wildwood to research witchcraft. And she stays at this uh, Raven's Inn, which it is a horror hotel. And things start to go a little weird. Her professor wants her to go there to do some more research. She's learning about reincarnation, about this witch that, of course, died in 1692. And if this all sounds extremely cliche, it's really not. It's just really well done. Christopher Lee is really good in this. And uh, spoiler alert, he, as a professor, is still the bad guy. He may show back up later. Did I ruin the movie for you? Do, do, do. No, I really check out Horror Hotel. It's on Pluto. You can stream it uh, for free. Jane, uh, Chad. Yeah. Um, mine is not obscure. Mine is pretty recent, but every chance we get to talk about this movie, I, I will take it up. Ready or not. <laughs> I love Ready or Not. I reviewed Scream the other day, the new Scream, and I thought it was boring as hell. And it's the same guys that directed Sc- the new Scream, director Ready or Not. And I was like, I just go watch Ready or Not. It's a much right. superior film. Yeah, and it's probably shorter, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, it's 20 minutes shorter. It's only about 85. <laughs> it's got the good common decency to be 85 minutes and roll out. And what the new Scream doesn't have is Samara Weaving, who oh. that is mine and Joe's new uh, go-to ingenue, actress. go-to actress. I would uh, yeah. ask her in anything. As would I. Uh, but yeah, uh, ready or not, if you're not familiar with it, it's about a, a, a lady who just got married and she's going to meet her 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 new in-laws at this big house. And the less you know about it, the better off. The less you know. Yep. And I'm gonna leave it there. Yep. Uh, it is a it is a it is a nonstop joyride from the moment that movie starts till the moment it ends. I agree. I say that a lot, but in one of those, this is one of those cases where it's an hour and 35 minutes of just nonstop hit you in the, <laughs> the yeah. face. Yeah, yeah, and action. it doesn't end the way you think it's gonna end. No, and yep. it, it makes it it ends, it just ends perfectly. It does. James. It does. Yep. I am going to talk about one that would have been much cooler if it would have came together like they thought it was going to, because originally the lead was going to be Vincent Price, or that's who they favored. They couldn't get him. And if you can't get Vincent Price, who do you go with? Ernest Borgnine. And then you get Joseph Cotton. I knew he was going to do this. Because Well, I have to, because if you're doing a film about devil worship, you can't top one that actually brought in Anton LaVey and put him on camera and got his advice on how to design the film. It also gave us our direct link to Satan and our reality, John Travolta. Um, That would be the devil's reign. The devil's reign. I'm not going to go into much detail. If you've never seen Devil's Reign, it's Ernest Borgnine, William Shatner. Uh, originally, they did favor Vincent Price. This killed Robert, is it Fuest, F-U-E-S-T's career. He directed Vincent Price in The Abominable Dr. Five, Dr. Five Rises Again, The Final Program, a bunch of other stuff. But this killed his career. If you've never seen it, it is the only film that I know of where they actually brought in Anton LaVey because they wanted to make sure their satanic cult was doing it right. And when you see it and you go, my, there's a lot of pink in Satanism, there evidently is. There's some really far out designs. The other thing that I want to mention just in passing, if you're interested in cult films worshiping uh, about worshiping devils that do star Vincent Follow Price. James on Instagram. <laughs> that do star Vincent Price. See if you can track down Bloodbath at the House of Death. It's not a great movie, but there's a great scene where a woman gets her head chopped off by a mechanical can opener that slowly turns her around. And that right there, kids, is worth the price of admission. This has been Bonehead Weekly Fun Size. 
Uh, the Boneheads, of course. They are Joe Lewis, Chad Jennings, and James Thomas. And they are from the Bonehead Weekly Podcast. Much appreciation to them. They've had a big week. They've been at the Lexington Comic Con. Did you see some of those pictures? I did because you sent them to me. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking, I set it up and he just <laughs> shits all over it. <laughs> <laughs> How about those pictures, Ben? <laughs> they were great. No, he um, he hosted panels with like Ron Perlman and... Oh, who was the other one? Fucking, oh, yeah, you know who it is. Carlos. No. Carlos? No, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, you know that my memory, I have the memory of a goldfish. If you're going to set these things up, you should uh, write them down for me beforehand. <laughs> Juan Carlo? <laughs> he does talk to, yeah, Juan Carlo Esposito. Oh, it's not Juan Carlo, remember? <laughs> no, it's something else like Jean Carlo. <laughs> Every fucking episode we get it wrong. <laughs> Jean, is that, maybe John Carlo Esposito. Yeah. Yeah. Did you yeah. ask him? Did you, did you miss him? How do you say his name? Actually, ben wants I, to know. I want to. I will ask him because I do want to know. <laughs> Joe, how do you say Esposito's first name? <laughs> he he probably does that sneaky like let him introduce himself. Yeah. He'll just yeah. Yeah. make a note. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, and uh, sir, if you introduce yourself, take it away. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, boneheads always fun. Mel, you're up next. Uh, have you got another devilish movie for I us? I do. So I picked up this Blu-ray quite a number of years ago, I think at a Monster Fest, the Monster Ooh. Table. Ooh. 2014, Supernatural. That was a good year. I was a young man in 2014. <laughs> a cult horror, Starry Eyes. Now I picked it up yes. because I had heard all about it and I'm like, oh, I think I really dig this movie. And then I haven't watched it. <laughs> and I just because <laughs> I'm terrible and I have yeah. so much in my collection that I haven't seen. No, and I finally put it on this morning. That's the rule of any good collection. It has to be 95% unseen. <laughs> yeah. Because yep. you buy it because you really want to see it. Yeah. But once you own it, you can watch it whenever you want. <laughs> yeah. This means you're never watching This it. is the magic yeah. of our show is it compels you to watch it things. It does. Yeah. And so, yes, the devil compels you. So I finally put it on this morning. <laughs> and so, yeah, so main character Sarah Walker, played by Alex Esso, is a struggling actor trying to break into the industry. She lands an audition for the film The Silver Scream. The Silver Scream. The Silver Scream. And then progresses to a meeting with the producer. She already feels like she's selling her soul working in a menial job at the Tater Girls Diner. The Tater Girls. <laughs> the, the guy from the innkeepers, mind you. Yeah. <laughs> and she's been going to audition after audition and being around her arsehole friends. And she ultimately makes a deal with the devil to join the Hollywood elite. Mm-hmm. So it's a very dark commentary on Hollywood. It is. Yep. Sarah sacrifices her body and her soul to land the perfect role. It acts as an allegory for blind ambition to make it in Hollywood. And it was released before the whole Me Too movement. <laughs> before the Weinstein mm. stuff. Yeah, so it, it would probably be a lot... It's read a lot differently now, I would say, and maybe the focus of it, it would be <laughs> different. Well, the whole, bit the whole casting couch thing had a different sort of... We yes. joked about it, you know? Yeah. yeah, and so it's kind of like it, it's, it's in there and there's definitely, you know, it works as a commentary on that, but... It's not the focus of the film, whereas mm. now it probably would take make you know take more of a um, yeah a major part in the film. But it would but upset. But it's but it yeah. is just a it's taken as a gift. Well, like one surprise. Like, yes. Do we still do that? But it is kind of that that it happens it was is just a given. That's why the Me yeah. Too movement rang with like had such a false ring to it, with like all these people like just like like 
Come on, man. It's Everyone's been... known this has been going Forever. on, and you said yeah. fuck nothing. Yeah, yeah. And it's just now that you've been able to prove yeah. it against one guy. It's got guy. traction, and it yeah. happened. Yeah. But um, I agree with you. It changes the tone of the film. Yeah. Because I have I watched it back when Monster released it, and I watched it relatively recently, mm-hmm. and yeah, definitely watched it differently. Mm-hmm. There's that, a lot more cring- There's a lot more cringing. Yeah, yes. yeah. yeah. It's it's a slow burn movie. Yeah, yeah. But, but that final act is just wow. Yeah. Glorious. Stuff. Yeah. And there's and, and it's intri- but it's interesting the whole way up to it yep. as well. Like it's it's really and it takes and as we we're talking about tone earlier, like it it has so many different tonal switches. Like a there's a section of it that. It's, you know, like full almost slasher, and then there's and then there's parts of it that are just looking at Hollywood and just well the whole the whole thing like I said like it, the the premise is that the the prestige of the elite of Hollywood are you know, devil worshippers yeah but the funny thing too is that if you watch the fir- it's like the first half of La La Land yeah like they're pretty much the same mm-hmm. yeah the, the, you know the characters stories and the the friends the people they meet the people they hang out yeah. with. It's exactly the same. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. It's just one goes in a, in a horror direction and the other one goes yep. in a, <laughs> I don't know what direction La La Land goes in, like a, yep. you know, a, a singing and dancing, uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, well, And oh, the synth score. I love a good synth score and yeah. that was awesome. But yeah, I absolutely yeah. loved and it. Ul- ultra violent. Like really, yeah. really. Well, that, yeah, that, the scene where she goes through her, her share house or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Is one of the it's most am- amazing yeah. scenes yeah. in yeah. cinema. Like, oh, and then there's body horror in it as well. Like it's it's yeah. got, every, yeah, it's, it's got, got like, yeah, so much flashes of uh, Thanatomorphos because her body starts. Yeah, to that came, yep. that came to my mind, and I thought, from the all inside. I can think is, yeah. what, why do you monster people do this? You put all these bloody body like melt movies out there. And I tell you what, we <laughs> fought, we 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 fought for Starry Eyes yeah. to get. To, to get it good fight and put it out and it like it did like it sold well mm. but not as well as I feel it should have mm. it's a film I feel should have gained a lot more traction when it came out you know like some of these small horror films mm. come out and propel people yeah and although these guys didn't they go on to do Pet Cemetery? they did indeed yeah, yeah. Ah. so they kind of did propel them yeah, I guess yeah, they yeah. went on and Alex SO has, has popped up yes. in, in, yeah. in stuff recently and, the, and yeah, yeah. and yeah. The, the I don't know her name but the girl who's the kind of the bitch fr- competitive yes. bitch friend yeah. I hated like, her guts she, yeah, yeah she's uh, like yeah it's you know it's very funnily enough speaking like you know we were talking about Chris Rock and stuff yeah. like it's very like there's you know the people who have come to to Will Smith's defence have pointed out that Chris Rock has been taking pot shots at Jada <laughs> Jada Smith for a long time, mm. and it's you kind of watch it in this when you're like, you know, mm. eventually, eventually she's going to snap and yeah. just go like I can't take it anymore. Like she's just constantly, you know, doing that passive aggressive, mm. you know, knocking everything she does. Every outfit she oh, she's is. so bad. She's like, so and she comes like, home and she's like, oh, I don't think I did well at this interview. And this bitch is like sitting on the couch. She's like, oh, I probably should put my headshot yeah, in. Yeah. And <laughs> everyone just looks at her and just goes, what? And she's like, it was a joke. It was a joke. It totally but the other, the, the other parallel there is that nobody stood up to do anything about Will Smith and no one stood up to her to do anything about her. Oh, yeah. You know, that's, that's what irritated me in this movie. Like she so just yeah. kept having these pot shots and nobody stood up yeah. to her yeah. at all. Yeah. But it's, they're, they're all in Hollywood. They're all yeah. self-involved. Yeah. Yeah. They're all narcissists. Totally. They, don't know, yeah. they don't know what's going on with. And then you get that scene the outside, like you know, you shouldn't yeah. let her treat you like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But no, hard recommend. Absolutely yeah. hard recommend. It was so good. Brilliant. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I, if I hadn't watched it recently, I would go back to it straight away. <laughs> um, 
So the movie I've got up next is one of the first movies that came to mind when I sort of put out the devil worship thing there. We talked about Little Nicky twice. (laughs) (laughs) This is a a movie I used to thrash on VHS as a kid. And when I watched it recently as a bit of a revisit, I figured out why. It's (laughs) because... The the boobs. Well, firstly, I I can't believe (laughs) I was watching this at such a young age, but... um, (laughs) The reason, I'll tell you what it is. It's the Blood on Satan's Claw from oh, 1971. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and that stars Linda Hayden, Patrick Wayward, Anthony um, Ailey. But the reason I used to watch as a kid is because Michelle Dottress was in it and she was Betty from Some Mothers Do Have Them. And I had the biggest crush on her. <laughs> I had the biggest crush on her. And in this movie, she basically like masturbates during a brutal rape and murder <laughs> sequence. Like She really gets off on watching this girl get completely gang raped and, you know, Hacked up, and um, I don't know. As a kid, I was like, "Oh, look at her go!" <laughs> <laughs> you joined the Anania Club. Yeah, well, also, <laughs> also, like that's Frank Spencer's wife. Like, what? Yeah, what? Ooh, Betty. Yeah, <laughs> I was going through her head. I don't, like, but the thing that's that's always struck me as so funny about this film mm. is that the mark of the devil is like the little fur patch. It's like it's they got a little, the devil's skin. They the call devil's it. skin. Yeah, which is it's like. Hang on, you've got your pubes on your arm now? Yeah. Well, she, you know, Michelle Dotras gets that little patch she of hair on patch. her thigh, yeah. and then the doctor comes in and slices it off fresh. And yeah. because this is a movie in 1971, it's not the most effective uh, effect. Like, it's like a little bit of duct tape on her leg with some fur on it. And he, like, peels it off as if it is, like, gaffer tape. Well, I think that's the... I always think that's the problem with these Blu-ray restorations of these films. Mm-hmm. Like, you yeah. watch it on VHS, you don't notice you it. You can't... It's much. all... Yeah, it's all yeah. soft focus and... Yep. And uh, unsharp. So it is. It's an 18th century movie set in rural England in a village where the children all start to act up and get strange, and um, they've been besotten by Satan. And um, <laughs> this is a time also. It's interesting where witchcraft had been discounted. So it was after the like the Salem the witch trials kind of you know stuff, and that's no longer believed. Like there are no witches. We don't sacrifice women. But suddenly this you know devil worship comes along, and so they're discredited. It can't be that. It's kids having fun. But once again, it's very pagany. It's very pagan, and there's a lot of like if you watch it, there's a lot of midsummer in there. You know, a lot of those flowers around the heads with the mm-hmm, sacrifices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of wicker man. A lot of wicker man. Yeah, there's yeah. even a lot of warlock in this one. I was really interested to see the warlock comparisons, just the way they present the set design and things like that. But yeah, totally awesome movie. Um, I get a kick out of it every time I watch it, and it just takes me right back to childhood, which is really fucked up and weird. But um, <laughs> yeah, directed um, directed by. <laughs> I, used to, I used to watch Frank Spencer's wife masturbate <laughs> to a rape <laughs> when I was a child. I don't have issues, <laughs> and I loved it. Jeez, uh, uh, got me, got me, got me going. Well, it was directed by Pierre's Harrard, is a dude that made the movie Venom in 1981. I'm sure you know that horror film. The Quatermass Conclusion and the fiendish plot of Quatermass. Quatermass. There's no R. There's no R in it. Like I, I've just only know because I was brought up on it. And I was like, Are you Quatermass in the pit? No, al- it's Quatermass. I've always said Quatermass. <laughs> yeah. I've always said Quatermass. And because you know, there is that, there is that thing in the English language where if you've got the first letter and the last letter, your eyes don't you see them. Yeah, yeah, you just yep. you spell it yourself. But I'm still gonna say it. Damn it! Yeah. <laughs> just despite those people. Just despite fact. <laughs> and um, yeah, and the fiendish plot of Doctor Fu Manchu with Peter Sellers, he directed that too. Good stuff though. Yeah, it's a great movie. I think Severin. Always oh, get in trouble when I do this, but I think Severin <laughs> brought out a special edition of it not too long. Ago. We'll just wait for that text. 
Yeah. <laughs> Jarrett will let me know how badly I fucked it up. And there you go. <laughs> now you have it. You're up to speed. That's the show for another week, albeit broken up into fragments. What a what a bitch of a week. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, it's a little bit of bonus content that's supposed to be regular content. Um, and to make it up to you, here is a song that I played midway through Monday's show. It's one that I can't help listening to over and over. I have listened to it many times this week. It is Queen vs. Satan. It's Fun to Smoke Dust by Lobster Dust. I don't know what it is. This song just does it to me. It just makes me want to... um. Listen to it all over again. So thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, apologies for the fucked up week. Uh, back to regular scheduling business as usual on Monday. Hope you join us then. Um, this has been Good Movie Monday. Ciao. Damien, the omen, because you're the devils, you're the demons, and you know that. Your music, rock and roll, is a satanic, it's a satanic music. When they say you turn around, you make the music go black, and you hear Satan speaking. You make the music go black, you hear Satan is a solemn warning to all young people who listen to rock and roll and heavy metal music. Satan knows he only has a short time to deceive the earth, so he's using music as his antichrist tool to deceive the masses. You make the music go back, you hear Satan speaking. And I'm finally beginning to unravel a bizarre and fiendish plot designed by Satan's antichrist system to corrupt, pervert, and ultimately enslave the youth of this generation. Another one buys the dust. You make the music go back, you hear Satan speaking. Satan's satanic takeover of our youth through rock music. You make the music go back, you hear Satan speaking. All rock music is dangerous. I want to tell you that today, even some of the mellow stuff that doesn't sound like it has anything in it that could be deceptive or even misleading. I started asking God, can you show me how he's doing it? I wanted to have proof positive. Now, Queen has a song called Another One Bites the Dust. We have the same reaction the first service. The kids went, oh no, not Queen. Not Another One Bites the Dust. Another One Bites the Dust. All rock music is dangerous. Another One Bites the Dust. I want you to know today that Satan has planted his lyrics in the music, and some of it is subliminal. If that means it's down at low decibel levels where you wouldn't hear it audibly as you play the music at the speed that you, or the high. Uh, sound levels that you would regularly play it. You make the music go back, you hear Satan speaking. Satan has planted his lyrics in the music. You make the music go back, you hear Satan speaking. There's another message going on below the surface. This is called subliminal programming. You make the music go back, you hear Satan speaking. But I want to say something. I don't believe that this particular masking was intentional. I think that this is something that Satan himself put into the music. Let's play it forwards. Another one bites the dust. Another one bites the dust. Another one bust the dust, ow! Another one bust the dust, hey, hey! Another one bust the dust, hey! Okay, I'm going to play that for you backwards. It's the next cassette. We'll have to put a new cassette in. And on this next cassette, I want you to hear the secret message. It's over and over and over. It says, it's fun to smoke marijuana. It's fun to smoke marijuana. It's fun to smoke marijuana. You listen to it and tell me if it's not there. Let's play that.
secret message was? <laughs> it's fun to smoke marijuana. It's fun to smoke marijuana. It's fun to smoke marijuana. Now I'm going to play that backwards for you once more for those of you that are skeptics. It's fun to smoke marijuana. It's fun to smoke marijuana.